everybody, thanks for being here. The Rundown with Ramon. My name is Ramon Ray, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. If you weren't here, ha, we couldn't be here because we'd be talking to nobody. So we're going to have a good time today bringing you another amazing guest. And you know what? If you want to be on The Rundown with Ramon, if you're as amazing as Toy and it is, you're going to hear from her in a minute, just email me, Ramon at RamonRay.com. You can DM me on Instagram, Ramon Ray Smart Hustle, or I'm sure you can find me. But this is The Rundown with Ramon talking to Toy and Crandell, and we're going to talk about, I think, but we'll see. She She's going to lead the conversation, wealth building, money making. But I think based on her website, the word mindsets all over her website, we'll see about mindset, how she got to where she is. And then I know y'all want to know how she's building her business. So Toyin, welcome. How are you today? I appreciate you being here. Hey, Ramon. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. And I am excited uh, to, to converse with you and to share with your people. Absolutely. Glad you're here. So Toyin, can you just tell us right at the top, your full name, nickname the company, how we can reach you, who should be reaching you, meaning who you serve and who you may say, you may not say it this way, but I do. They don't have to, they, they shouldn't reach out to you. I'm having some fun, but tell us who you are, what you do, promote <laughs> your business. So we know right now who we're talking to. Feel free. Please tell us. Awesome. Um, so my name's Toyin Crandall. My website is moneymindsetshift.ca. And um, what we do, I'm the founder and uh, CEO of Money Mindset Shift. We help business owners and entrepreneurs change how they think about money, change how they use their money. And we give strategic business uh, coaching and consulting that helps our clients pretty much scale their businesses to millions of dollars. So in terms of what we do and how we do it, we take people from wherever they're getting started, you know, a lot of people are privileged to have to kick off their businesses with trust funds of, you know, capital $200,000, $400,000. But there's some of us who start from the bottom and build our way up. <laughs> and um, my work is in primarily in serving people who have started from the bottom and whatever stage of business you're at, we have different pro uh, processes uh, for each one to help them to scale to a million dollars plus. So our, our target for many of the people that we work with is getting their businesses over the seven figure mark in revenue, in cash collected, and then in profits. And we are very, very systemic about the way that we do it. Um, but one of the key things that makes us very different in our business coaching is we do it with your brain in mind. And so we are thought leaders in the neuroscience uh, of coaching space. And we've been using neuroscience to help our business owners hit these goals and sustain these goals uh, for about eight years at this point. Well, I so before, well, you... before it became the jazzy thing to talk about. Well, since you opened the door, I was going to ask that as well. And we have so many ways we can go here. I think we're going to be here for like six hours. So if you need to take a bio break, maybe get a glass of water. <laughs> so get, get your tea, get your coffee, let's go. <laughs> but let's touch on that right now to go right at it. Today, you scroll on IG, everybody's talking about millionaire wealth from get rich quick, which we already yes. know is not what we want to do, but I want to touch on that, to yes. authentic or more. Talk toying about where you fit. Those listening who are already now get ready to click. Don't don't leave everybody. Mm -hmm. Those who are going to say, no, mm -hmm. no, I'm out of here. Talk to us mm -hmm. why this is real. Why? And I know mm. you're legit and real because you and I are yes. in a similar circle together. So you wouldn't be yes. there if you weren't. But for those who are yes. just listening, we hear this all the time. Talk a little bit deeper why this is real. Yeah, um, I love this question, Ramon, because it is so true. In the money space, I find that there are so many people who have this, con I call it the conference mentality about scaling to a million dollars. It's exciting. It sounds wonderful. It's hype. 
And so a lot of people will even pretend to be where they're not in order to try to lead people where they've never walked. And I think that one of the biggest things people want to do is check into the results of the people that they go to approach um, and their life. Like one of the biggest things I always tell people is what does the person's actual life fruits show you without the rented Airbnb? Because you know, Ramon, being in the online space, there's so much you can actually fake, like no, no lie. There, people will rent Airbnbs. I, I saw, because I see some of this stuff come across my feed and I'm like, what? It, what? Why? You know, I saw someone going to a, like a Lamborghini or one of those cars, uh, uh, dealerships, you know, taking the photos to present this image. And the owner of the place go, chasing them, being like, this is a dealership, this ain't, this ain't her car, you know? But I find that so many people are used to trying to make their businesses look pretty. Mm -hmm. And you can make it look very pretty on the front end. You can have a lot of great vanity metrics. But one of the things I really care about for my clients, for myself, is the authenticity of the finances, like the real money conversation on the back end. And um, one of the things I'll say is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share a bit about where we came from. Please. But one of the things that really serves me in the work that I do is being able to today lead our company where we are one of the where the 74th fastest growing company in the country. It, we are um, we do multiple millions each year. Uh, we've done over a million in profit, which is very different from so revenue. Toy, toy, hold on one second. This, this, uh, you got to repeat this because this is important. That, that one word, that five-letter word. Yeah. Maybe I think yeah, it's five yeah. letters. Over a million in profit. And again, I know you're not flexing, yes. whatever, but it's important. Well, you may be, and I'm going to flex with you. It's important to say that because you think of, I'm going to go really big, Netflix or Walmart, any big brand, they make yes. trillions a year, billions a year. And that's a different yes. game, maybe, but they're yes. losing money. Let's just face yes. it. So this profit is a beautiful thing. So, and by the way, congratulations. Yeah. Just take a minute. 75th fastest growing company in the country, in Canada. This is a big deal. Oh, so, it yeah. is so, a big just deal. recap why that profit's important. Just, if you don't mind, just recap yes. why that's important. I, I, I mentioned the profit because a lot of business owners think that revenue or cash collected, the front end metrics are what matters. So you hear a lot of people flexing about, we've done this many million, that many million. But if they spent, let's say someone says, I did a million, I'm seven figures, but you spent $500,000 in marketing, you spent $300,000 in your payroll, you spent $100,000 on client fulfillment. And by the time you went home that year, you took $50,000. It ain't worth it. Yeah. You know, I always, I say to our clients, I'm like, we're, we don't have miserable millionaires. We don't want miserable millionaires. We don't want you running a business where you're helping the economy, you're driving the economy and driving money, but that money is not benefiting you, your family. Mm -hmm. Like you want to have good problems. Good problems are when you need to talk to your accountant and in, in the month of October and say, hey, here's the profit. Here's the extra money sitting in the account. Mm -hmm. What do we do with this to set ourselves up best when it comes time for taxes at the end of the year? Like many business owners, are so much one in survival mode that they're they're just trying to like just trying to make it through, but they're running money through. And then number two, there's a lot of high earning business owners, and we work with people in this. A lot of people that come to work with us, 
they're earning money. They're bringing in 300,000, 500,000, a million dollars, but they're bleeding money at the same time. And so restructuring your business to make sure that each of the systems you're using, whether that's in marketing, that's in sales and conversions, that's in the way that you're structuring your team and in the operations, automations, technology that you use, it's all being streamlined to actually produce profit. That is a big deal. Like we, we, we have, because of the profit, because of what we've been able to do on the business end, it has set our family free to be able to have multiple real estate properties, 11 different streams of income, to live in a home that makes me weep. Almost like every week, at some point in the week, I'm a cry, <laughs> just walking around in our backyard. You know, but we didn't start here and we didn't start with a handout. We didn't start with anything. We started from the bottom to build to this. And I think that there is a real place of building personal financial achievement, mm. as well as in your business. And there's a real conversation that has to happen if you're going to actually cross that, cross that line, live that life. And it's not going to be the usual hypey, just go, just run. Like you actually have to do the, there's something I talk about doing the hard work in your brain. You know, many of us are willing to do hard work physically. We've been taught to do hard work physically and physical hard work can look like, like I used to run a painting business, physical, you know, we painted houses, interior, exterior, I have 40 painters and we would climb on that roof and we would paint your windows, you know? So I know what physical hard work can look like in our gen, like right now, 2023, if you're um, running your business online, for example, or you're going around, it's still hard work but it's still physical. You're posting, you're writing emails, you're moving about networking. You know, this is physical stuff. So it's easy to do this part. And most people don't take the time to do the thinking work of, am I doing this in the most streamlined way possible? Am I actually paying what I should be paying or earning what I should be earning? Is Are my numbers making sense in what I'm charging? Like there's so much thoughts that goes into business and many of us we start off there but we get so caught up in the movement of the business that we forget to reflect on it until tax time and then we see what we earned and we go where's that money wow well i i suspect Toyin, and i don't know if you said it i think you're a unicorn from what i'm hearing okay. just a bit i've known the marketing you and your team and i want to hear about that a bit more have I'm hearing okay. the business building, but then you're mentioning okay. real estate and finances. Do you all do or partners or direct whatever it is? You all help with this full stack, it seems. Am I repeating? That's exactly what right. That's exactly right. So we literally assist. We have different processes and programs for levels of business. Yes. So, for example, if your business is just getting started, we have a room for you to learn what mindsets, because sometimes there's limiting beliefs that keep people from scaling. So. You say, okay, what mindsets are having you in this state? And then what do you need to do when you're just getting started? But for someone who's making 300,000, 500,000, a million plus, and you're not seeing that profit on the back end, or you're not seeing the money stay, then you need to be having a conversation about how do you get into real estate, whether you're in the United States, eight, like most of our clients are over there, whether you're in the United States or you're in Canada, how are you using that money? in order to scale. Is that money staying? How are you structuring? So yes, we do help people with like the, 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 the process of business growth, 
but the sustainability. And can I add one more thing to it? Not just like sustainability long-term, but the joy. Like what's, I always tell people, if it's not fun, what's the point? And I'm not saying that you're not gonna work hard. You're gonna work hard, but it can't be that you work hard. You're putting in the grind, the hustle, and then you're not even getting to enjoy your weekends. You know, you're not getting to enjoy some of y'all have children. I have three young children. I, I, I gave birth twice in the middle of scaling our business in the last four years, right? So like, that is a huge priority for me. My relationship with God is a huge priority for me. And many people are so busy just running their machines that they don't even have time for this stuff. And I tell people, you didn't start a business to run a business. You started a business to have impact, whatever. I don't care if you run a tech company, a product-based company, or a service-based company, you're having impact. You started that business to have impact, and you started that business to be able to bring that back to your home, be able to enjoy your actual existence on planet Earth, the only one we get until the next, you know what I mean? So like for us to be able to really take that stock of, Am I, am I eating the fruits mm. of the work that I'm doing? And if I'm not, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? What help do I need to get to make sure that I can actually do that? Because time, last thing, you just ask these questions that like get it for out. Because time doesn't go backward. You can lose money and make money back. But once you've lost time, you don't get that back. And so for me, time is actually a higher resource, a higher value than money itself. Are you a preacher as well? Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> I was just talking I to my wife. And 15, 15 years of ministry and then God, God called me to business and wow. I fell on my face. I can feel it. Face. I was just telling my wife, Toyin, that I'm 50. I'll be 51 this year. And mm. telling her, I feel like I'm racing, not in a bad way, a panic per se. I did start mm -hmm. late to the money game yes. and things, and I may be your next client at some point, but I'm oh. racing because there's so many foundational things that I have feel I have to catch up and build. And whether you're multimillionaire yes. or whatever it is, but meaning I think, yes. I, I think you would agree with this a race, not yes. panic, but just yes. going back to time because at, yes. when you're 20 or 30, you're still building, but at 50 now, as I am. I'm yes. thinking, oh, I need to build something for my niece. I I'll be 60 yes. in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love that. I love that you are thinking in this frame because I think sometimes we just take time for granted. Mm. Like we're always, oh, I'll do it. It's okay. And I'm like, no, time really does count that. It really clocks on and you really wake up and you go, oh, wow. I'm now whatever age you are. Like we, we have to recognize that. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Toyin. So let's understand, Toyin, how did you start here? I Googled Toyin and Warren Buffett. Didn't say you're one of his kids. I Googled oh, mm -hmm. Toyin, Bill Gates. Didn't say one of the kids. I Googled, uh, did Jeff Bezos give Toy in $100 million at birth? Didn't find that. So no. where'd you come from? Tell us how you, us some of the steps, Toyin, of how you got to where you are today. However far back you want to go, but help us understand some of the highlights of what brought you mm. here. And before you mm. do that, please, one more time, give us your website, who you serve, yes. how we can reach you today. Please, one more time, tell oh. us the website and how we so can find you. My website is uh, Money Mindset Shift. 
.ca. Notice I didn't say .com, y'all. Money Mindset .ca. And I serve business owners and career professionals in scaling their income, scaling their personal net worth to millions of dollars by changing the way that they think about money, use money, and through strategic business and financial coaching. I love it. So Please tell us how you got here. Where did we start? Here. I never, if you came to me five years ago and told me I would have the 74th fastest growing company in the country, I would have told, I would have just laughed. Like I would have just straight up laughed. Okay. I did not ever, or that I would be the host of the Millionaire Money podcast. I'd, be, I'd have a program called Money Mindset Shift. Like I didn't talk about money at all. I thought that money was an icky conversation and we don't like who we don't really need to talk about money. Like I came from this frame of I'm a very happy person. I'm in a very happy marriage. I'm married to my best friend of like over 15 years now. So we have so much legit joy and laughter and love. And and I was just like, who cares about money? We good until one day. December 2016, um, we are living in a little shoebox of a basement apartment with no cell phone service. Like, I didn't care about money. Money didn't care about me. Okay, y'all. <laughs> living in this tiny little space where in our bedroom, you have to shuffle sideways to get to the closet to get your clothes out. Okay. And I'm sitting on the bed because we didn't have a dining area. There was no living room. It was a kitchen hallway that we converted into a living room and our bedroom. So I'm sitting in the bedroom and my husband had brought me dinner. We had a six month old baby at that time. And I'm eating my dinner, feeding the baby. And I'm like, where is he? So I ask him, babe, where are you? We don't have a dining room. So this is where we eat. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm eating in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, come over. He comes into the room and I'm like, why are you eating in the kitchen? Like, come eat with me. And then I go, what are you eating? And he goes, chocolates. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What do you mean? And he's like, chocolates. And he goes, Toyin, we're out of food. And for the last week, for the last week, I've been giving you the last of our food because you're feeding the baby and we don't have food. So he was eating not even chocolates that we bought. It was December. So, Ramon, I don't know if you have those, like, you know how in Christmas time, people give those chocolate, thing, Lynn chocolates for a Christmas gift. It was a Christmas gift. Ooh, till today, every time I see Lynn chocolate Christmas gifts, it reminds me of where we started, where he was eating those chocolates one by one to give me the last of our food so I could feed the baby. And in that moment, he, he just said to him, we're out of food. I think we need to like we need to go figure food out. And that was my wake up call. That was the first time I really realized money matters. And can I ask you, I, Toyin, just before you go on, in that stage, would you say you were impoverished? Was it a season? Were you regular middle class people working? Mm, but just good question. Had a had a thing. Just so Our I understand, time. were there? Would you have mm. a ceiling? Give a context. Yes. Because because I've been on. I by the way, I've been on government welfare for a season, but we were okay. Yes. We weren't. Yes. We were better off than maybe most. So I just give me context to where that story. That's goes. a good one. So I was born into a middle class family. My parents are from Nigeria. We migrated over here. 
Um, they, my dad tried to teach me about money. Okay. Like they would talk to me often about like twin, you need to be able to plan your money, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I grew up very, very fine. Like didn't, I didn't think need to think about money because my parents provided what I needed. I went to school on scholarships. It was just fine. So, but when I was single living by myself, you don't need a lot of money. So I didn't have money and it's, it never was a problem to me. Um, my mindset around money was whack, but it never was a problem to me. When we got married, we were we were doing missions type of work. So we were used to the missionary lifestyle where you don't have a lot and we didn't care about it. We just wanted to do what God's called us to do. As long as we can eat, we could, me and my hubby, we we're like, we could eat nothing, you know, rice every day. We fine with that. So I had never by myself, in fact, just so you see where my money mindset really was. So in university, I mentioned to you that I went to university on scholarships. During university, I ran my first real business where it was the painting business. I had 40 painters. As a 16-year-old to 18-year-old, we did $150,000 cash collected in that business. You would think that if I did not pay tuition because I had scholarships, I ran this $150,000 business. I would have graduated from university with some money. Hello. My money mindset was so skewed. This is why I do the work I do. That I made that money and I graduated university with tens of thousands of dollars of debt. Mm -hmm. Because, because once, once I started to see money, it couldn't stay with me. And once I got in the habit, it couldn't, like, it just kept going in that direction. So I, I wasn't in this, at this point in time, I was actually very happy because I wasn't in debt. I'd done all this work to figure out how to be debt-free. And I thought being debt-free, like I don't owe nobody nothing, was financial freedom. That was a core mistake belief that I had back then, was debt freedom is financial freedom. But can you believe that you could not owe anybody, but then reduce your own income. So I was now an entrepreneur. This was the sixth month into full-time entrepreneurship. I felt God had called me into the business arena. And six months in, this is where we were. So I hadn't yet kind of experienced running my own decisions in life in any place of financial affluence ever. But it never mattered until this moment. Wow. But now we have a child. Time. Yes. Yeah. Ahead. And I think having my daughter was part of what made it different. Like if he had told me to we're out of food and it was just the two of us, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, we'll figure it out. But when he said that and I have this baby in my hand, I'm thinking to myself, if she wasn't nursing, what would I have said her? And that's when it became non-negotiable for me to figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so then what was that jump then to the business? By the way, I want to say one side thing. We um we we rightly properly properly mm. de well deserved elevate our women. Uh mm. many have the God has put them in that caretaker, I'm not saying subservient and all that people to calm down, but caretaker, <laughs> nurturing, loving yes. the mamas, the all of our yes. family. So and we honorably do that. Mother's Day yes. has the highest rating of Mother's Day cards and all these mm. things well deserved. So this is not a takeaway. I, I shouldn't have to say it yeah. like this. I don't think it has a takeaway. I feel like yes. that too, unfortunately. Some people get yes. it wrong. But I just want to say what your husband did. Shout out to Yeah. 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 
Shout out to the husbands and the men. Yeah. Who are stepping up. Yeah. We 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 get a bad rap oftentimes. Well deserved. We deserve it. A lot of guys mm-hmm. do some, but I just want to just move on here. I just want to elevate your husband. Shout yeah. out for that warrior taking care of his yeah. family, doing his business. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to him. I, God bless him. I always say, like, it's like I honor my husband so much. Like he 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 didn't even tell me. Like yeah. I wouldn't have ever known if I didn't ask him what's going on. That's right. And through the journey, like I'm going to share the journey and I'm the CEO of the company. And a lot of the time, like he doesn't need to see, like talk to nobody, you know, all of that. But people see a lot of my success and I'm, I so much tell them, like, I could not be where I am today without his absolute belief in what God had placed on the inside of me and his willingness to adjust his timelines for his dreams to serve me and the family. And then we do it together. Like I will do the same thing for him. Like it made a difference having a partnership where it was just, it was just best friends with God figuring this thing out and God just blew on it. So, but not only did God blow on it, let's talk about the work that we did as well. Let's go. Let's go. So that month I go, oh my gosh, money matters. It's time for me to get serious about my business. I learned strategy for like, because I was doing silly things back then. I wouldn't collect on invoices. I wouldn't reach out to clients to follow up. Like there's so many easy fixes. So I fixed the easy fixes. I learned a little bit more about marketing. I got serious. A few months later, we had our first ever in my life, seventh outside of the the other painting business, $7,000 month. And I am like, oh my gosh, we will never be poor again. Like I have cracked the code, but something interesting happened. Hmm. I kept doing the exact same stuff because I now know what to do. And I got $0 the next month, zero the next month until the 7,000 finish. And we were back in struggle. Yes. Then when we were back in struggle, I had a $5,000 month. And, and then nothing, nothing. But keep in mind, I'm working the whole time. So by October of the next year, when I should have been like stats on stats, okay, we had to send an email to friends and family asking for help with our rents. Mm. We were back like at the bottom. I had done a, uh, I was in a workshop and someone did this, this uh, chart where he said, there's five stages of growth. You are in a place of struggle survival, sustain, success, and significance. Five and stages I'm of growth, I love that. Five stages of growth, struggle, survival, sustain, just in the middle, success, and significance. Mm. And I'm sitting in this man's workshop, and I'm thinking to myself, I know I'm called to significance. Mm. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. And in that moment, he told us, be honest with yourself, walk up to this uh, whiteboard, and put a sticker where you are. And it's anonymous. It's just stickers. And I got there and I looked at this list, struggles, sustain, um, struggles, uh, struggle. I said it twice. Y'all can go back in the podcast. Okay. And I p- have to put my sticker beside struggle that month. And when I got home, like that month, I was just mad. I was like, God, what is happening? The problem now, because first I thought the problem was I didn't know what to do. But now I know I know what to do. 
And I know I am not lazy. I have worked the whole year. And I'm like, God, what is going on? And why am I repeating this pattern? God so happens to have it that in this pro random program that I had decided to do, I didn't know what I was getting into. A mentor of mine told me to, and I think you need to do this thing. Um, they had this personality assessment guy. He had worked with Fortune 500 companies, um, and it was a gift to us. They were going to have the same guy who was assessing CEOs and executives come and assess us and tell us our strengths, our weaknesses. And I'm thinking it's just a personality exercise. This man changed my life. I need to find him and tell him this, okay? Mm. He, he does the assessment. It was like 200 to 300 words a lot. And at the end, he's talking to me. He's like, Twin, you're very unique. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say this, but I thought everybody's unique. You know, he's like, you have a very unique personality. And I'm like, I kept saying it over and over. And I'm like, dude, everyone on the planet has unique DNA. We all have a unique personality. And at one point he goes, just so you understand, the balance of your EP, IP, QE, EI, EQ, whatever, you have a, a personality type that can have global impact. However, you likely never will. Now, this man wasn't trying to sell me anything. I bet that grabbed anything. you. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, you likely never will, very calmly, um, because of two things. And I go, tell me the two things, please, and now. <laughs> and he's like, well, number one, you're highly service motivated. And I'm like, oh, absolutely, I am. Like, absolutely. He's like, you probably worked in social work. I'm like, for nine years, I worked in a shelter for the mentally ill. I've worked in a women's shelter. I'm like, I'm like, yes, I run ministry. He goes, there's nothing wrong with that toy, and it's totally fine. It's a good thing. But the problem is, at the same time, you're extremely demotivated by money. Mm -hmm. And I've never heard that in my life. And God spoke to me as he keeps talking. All I hear is God saying to me, Twain, you're not just demotivated by money. You're afraid of money. And I'm now in my conversation with God going, what? Like, and, and, but I know it's true because you know, when you can think a thousand thoughts at in like a second, I'm remembering all the conversations where my husband's going, Oh, you babe, like follow up with that client. Like I, I started noticing how, Every time our business would start having success, I would feel like God was telling me, because that was my language, to shut it down. Like, I would literally shut down successful arms of my business because I, I, I thought God was just saying to do it. And, and so God starts speaking to me in this moment, and he says, because you've been so afraid of money taking you away from my calling and what I have for you, you aren't doing my calling and what I have for you. I call you to business, but you're shying away from money. And so this guy that's talking to me, his name was Warren. This Warren guy is now saying to me, the reason why being demotivated by money impacts you and stops you from having global impact, he goes, because to have global impact, money has to pass through your hands. Mm -hmm. It has to. Mm -hmm. Like, money will pass through. Even Mother Teresa, she didn't, she didn't run a business. She didn't do it for money at all. That money passed through her hands to impact the people that she impacted. Like everything that has global impact, money is in the picture. And he goes, if you are uh, unwilling to accept money, there's, there's no way you can have global impact. And so now I'm talking to God and I go, God, 
what this means is, or he said to me, what this means, it wasn't me, it was him. He goes, what this means, Toyin, is in your fear of putting money above me, you have put money above me. Because now your fear of money has stopped you from doing the thing that I've called you to do. I totally understand it. Wow. Ooh. Wow. When I heard that, I got mad. And I was like, money will not school me any longer. So I make this decision. I'm going to be a millionaire in a year. If I've been afraid of money and money has stopped me from doing the work that God's called me to do, I'm going to be a millionaire in a year. And we're just going to show money. It has no hold on me. We didn't do it in a year. We did it in three years. But I always say I won't complain about that. Yeah, but that goes back to you set your, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm going to run the race this way. You go two, two inches less. Exactly. <laughs> like, on. I'm not going to complain. Yes. But what happened that month, so the how, in the month of October of 2017, I sat down with myself and I said, Twain, what are the limiting beliefs that I have? What do I, I didn't use this language i didn't have pretty language back then that, it was definitely just, now we have I all believe? these fancy nlp stuff i get it go ahead yeah you know what i mean um it was just what do i really believe about money mm. and i wrote it down it was like oh, 60 different things that were just holding me up you know money will take me away from god never ask for money that was just a belief i had like if you, if you need money you talk to god god talks to people you do not talk to people about another one don't talk to people about money um, if I'm poor, I'm holy. These are deep beliefs that you wouldn't necessarily have in conversation with people, but I was carrying, and I know many people carry. Um, rich people are, and the word that I use is like stush. It may be Toronto slang, but it's like in my head, rich people were like this off, like, you know, it higher doesn't than sound loud. like a nice word. Anywhere, anywhere, exactly. anybody who knows you know English, I mean? stutch. <laughs> stutch. Is that good or bad? Yes, you can't uh, even smile saying it. Stutch. Not nah, you gotta go stutch. Yeah, it doesn't even continue. <laughs> you can't even smile right? But how can you have wealth if you have a belief about what rich people are? So if I'm a nice person and I think rich people are stutch, then of course I'm not gonna allow myself to become a rich person. And so I write all these beliefs down and I'm looking at my, my heart of hearts and I go to God, what do I do with this? What do I do? And he starts walking me through this process of shifting my brain. So at this point, I was a biology major, but I hadn't done any study into neuroscience. But I'm here changing my beliefs in that month. In the month of November, we have a, a more money cash collected than all of 2016. But let me ask you one question, Toyin. Let me ask you one just so yes. I can, for those of us who I don't think I'm afraid of money, but can you help me yeah. demystify the aspect of you're not invoicing your clients. That's all you need to do to get more cash flow or your funnels are off. The, the things yes. that, you know, that's one side yes. of it versus the yes. mindset of you think you should be poor. How do you, what's the gap? Because let's say somebody is not afraid of money. No problem yes. in that you didn't, you know, Toyin works with them. That's right. It's like, great. Yes. You didn't have the problem I had. It's just yes. tactical versus yes. you're kind of doing everything right tactically. So I need you to help me understand Toyin because I don't have that problem you had. So help us understand. Yes. You know, so I, when the problem is not the mindset, often it's a system. It's okay, a right. system. That it's a system. 
And so when it comes to marketing, for example, so there's four different specific areas of business that we always look at when we assess businesses and we find out what the bottleneck is. So whenever someone's not having results and they're like, listen, I'm ready. I, I know I'm good to receive. Okay. The four areas that we assess is number one, client attraction. And the question that we often, and you guys who are listening can write this down, ask yourself this question. Do I have more people coming to, do I have people coming to my door consistently for whatever products or service I have? If you don't currently have people coming to your door consistently, you have a client attraction bottleneck. That is a marketing bottleneck. And there are systems that you can do. I'm just going to give the overview and then we can go have with however much time we've got. Mm -hmm. So that's the first stage is that's the first question. Now, the second question is when the people come to my door, do I graciously let them in? So for example, if you have a product-based website, e-commerce business, do you have client attraction is, are people coming to your website? Are they actually getting and landing there? Client conversion is, are they purchasing? Mm -hmm. They're two separate things. And as business owners, especially those of us that kind of like bootstrapped it to get where we are, we don't systemize these into different chunks. Um, if you're a service-based business, this is, are you in, in the client attraction marketing uh, sector, are you getting calls booked for sales calls? Are you talking to people? Are they actually requesting to find out what's your product? What's your service? How much is it? Okay, that's the client attraction. Client conversion is now you're having the calls. People are coming to you. You're excited about it but they're not closing. They're not mm -hmm. coming inside. They're not working with you. And I think sometimes because if the bottleneck is not marketing, we get so hyped up that people want what you have because you're talking to them, but we don't notice that they're not converting. They're not actually purchasing the thing that you're offering. And there are many for each of these, there are many different levers that you would need to test and tweak and change in order to shift it. But now here's another part of what holds businesses up that people never think about, mm. okay? Client fulfillment. People would go, no, 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 that can't be what's holding my business up. But for example, we've had clients come to work with us this year where when they first came in the room, the problem was no one was knocking on their door. So we do this work to help them get consistent funnels. And I tell people, you don't have to post on social media five times a day, every day to be able to have consistency in your, in your clients coming to you. And in fact, when your whole business model is centered around posting five times a day, every day, you don't have time freedom. Unless you're paying a marketing right. agency to do that, in which case, if you are, that's great, that's good. But if it's you, that's not time freedom because you're constantly having to be on social media. And I know for myself, social media is not just posting. It takes from you just as Absolutely. much as it gives to you. And so that part of what we talk about when it comes to marketing is understanding paid ads and doing them well so that I can get people knocking on my door while I am asleep. I do these podcasts and features and whatever for fun because I enjoy the conversation. But for some people, some of y'all, this is your, like, it's like, oh my gosh, I need to jump on a podcast. What podcast can I find? to? to and it's like, that's stressful. You don't want to run your business on, oh my gosh, you want to run your business on consistency. Mm. All right, conversion. So now you have and these people coming. Uh, attraction, uh, fulfillment, conversion, fulfillment. That's where the, 
Yes. So we have people come to us. We help them get people to the door. And then they found out, oh, my gosh, I'm, I convert at 10%, 6%. And that's what you talk to 10 people to get one client. So we help them shift that to 30%. Now you only got to talk to 10 people. You get three clients. Um, then we get people to 50%. It, we have a client that went from 6% when he came working with us to bringing people into his service and his program at 87%. That means if someone was getting on a call with this man, they were more likely to end working. And he had a high ticket service, right. not a, not a small, you know, oh, it's $500. No, this is thousands. It was a very high ticket. So what's my point? He does this. But then the, the real business bottleneck showed up, which is client fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when you have large growth, but you don't have internal systems, it mm -hmm. can break the business. Yes. yes. So many people focus so much on the marketing and the sales, but they don't focus on building capacity in themselves and in their team. So now you get an influx of clients, but you're not able to really show up in your normal strength and power and serve them. And now they start to feel upset or like they're not getting the best out of you. Ignored. And all of that. Ignored and it creates this ripple effect where they can't be those, those um, warriors that are going out there telling other people about you and what you do and the service that you provide. And it actually now has a negative impact on client attraction. Yes. Impacts your, the way that you feel because you feel bad about it. So your client conversion goes down because in your brain, it's like, why would I bring more people in? And, right. and they think the problem is now client attraction and client conversion. So they keep focusing over here, but really the problem is you just needed to hire an administrator. Yeah. Or and you need to the, hire an And what's the fourth level? If And, and rarely are level. all those perfect, but what's the fourth pillar? Yes. So now you've got client fulfillment where you have systems for serving the clients and you put those automated systems in place so you're not doing everything mm -hmm. manually. Then the fourth part of the business that we assess are your operations. Mm -hmm. And so operations are not necessarily client-facing. They're behind the scenes. So for example, hiring. Firing. Many people expend so much energy in hiring and don't know that you could automate your hiring. Yes. Like yeah. you can't, there's certain things you can do so right. that your so internal operations, mm -hmm. exactly, it, systemize your internal operations to set yourself free to do the things that matter most for your business at that time. So do you have the right people in the right seats of the bus? Mm. Do you have enough people? Do you have too many people? And it's actually creating confusion. Um, are you hiring within? Yes. So have I, have you, are you hiring from a place of being a charity versus being a business? Like really having a back end look at your systems as well, because that's the stuff that ends up determining the level of profits your business is able to have, not just external uh, revenue and top line revenue. I love this. Tony, we got one or two more minutes to go. This has been a powerful, powerful discussion. I can't wait to see you on stage somewhere. But Toyin Crandell, one more time, give us your website, how we can reach you. I can hear people. Can you hear that, Toyin? I can hear people saying, <laughs> I can hear them. How we can reach you one more time. <laughs> so you can reach me at money 
mindset shift dot ca and if you get there you are going to see free classes that you're able to take you're able to contact me contact my team um and we are able to see whether or not we're a fit to serve you to serve your business and to be part of your financial transformation journey thank you so much ramon it has been a genuine honor and delight and i love the, not okay i love the questions you ask but i also love how you re like you react like i'm like you where if I feel it, I do not have a poker face. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, this is how I reacted. And so it's, it's so good when you meet someone who's similar in that way. Yes, no, I appreciate it, Toy. And I know we will have a part two and part three of this conversation. And I can't Come wait on. to meet in person. In fact, I yes. was just in Canada once. I have clients in Canada, so I'm sure we'll meet Let in person. Me know. <clears throat> this is Ramon Ray. This has been the Rundown with Ramon. I am so glad you're here today. You want to get to know me better, check out RamonRay.com. If you want to be on the Rundown with Ramon, email me, Ramon at RamonRay.com. But after or before, or whenever you do that, definitely reach out to Toyin Crandell, the millionaire maker for sure. She's given the website many times. Check her out, what she does, her team, because I bet there's a few things you're missing in your business that that Toyin can help you with. This is Ramon Ray on The Rundown with Ramon.